Hey, and welcome to the 12 Stone Church Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to be a part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. watch one of your favorite Christmas Eve shows or Christmas TV shows without running into, well, one of the Christmas villains. But perhaps, perhaps the greatest villain of all is a lie. Just a lie. A lie that you tell yourself. A lie that the world tells us in this spiritually fallen place that we live. And when Jesus showed up, Merry Christmas, Jesus Christ, the Christ of Christmas, when he showed up, he said, I have come to tell you the truth, the truth in a world of lies. You see, one of the marking truths of Christmas is that Jesus is both Lord and Savior, both Lord and Savior. That is to say that that. Jesus is not only Lord, that is, he is our creator, which means he values us highly. You should mark that. You should put that in your head and in your heart. Jesus is Lord, meaning he is your creator, and he values you highly. But Jesus is also Savior, which means he makes you a new creation. We'll talk about that. But he makes you a new creation, which means he loves you Deeply. So look at the beginning of the story of Christmas from Luke chapter 2. Let's read it together. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. So Jesus is born in Bethlehem, and the shepherds are out in the field. And then the angel comes along, and he gives them this great news. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior. Everybody say that with me, 12 Stone Live, 12 Stone Home. Wherever you are, fill in the blank. Today in the town of David, a what? Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the what, everybody? The Lord. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. In a world of lies, I am both Lord and Savior. It was like him to tell parables then. In order to transfer truth, he would often tell a parable, which is just a made-up story. And then from that made-up story, Jesus would draw from it because the story would captivate you. And then he'd make it an illustration, and he'd tell us truth in a world of lies. So we made up a story. (laughs) That's what the Christmas book is, My Place on the Tree. Many of you have received it. It's also online. But let's enjoy this Christmas Eve book together. I can't believe it. It's finally here. Christmas, the season I've longed for all year. Since last Christmas Eve, when my dear Molly made me, I've patiently waited for her to display me. She put me together with cardboard and pieces of trinkets and doodads and fabric and fleeces. And now I am just what I'm supposed to be, 
the perfect creation of my girl, Molly. I hear steps approaching. I'm ready to be the center display of this year's Christmas tree. Off comes the lid. Oh, the lights and the smells. It's finally my day. Oh, my heart, how it swells. A hand reaches in. But wait, what is this? It's not Molly grabbing me, but her brother, Chris. Where has he put me? I can't see at all. Oh, you've got to be kidding. I'm facing a wall? Where's Molly at? I mean, doesn't she see that I'm not even close to where I'm supposed to be? Well, this just won't do it. No, it certainly won't. I'll get there myself, and you can't stop me. Don't. I'll jump on this ornament, then left at the sleigh. Please move over, Santa. You're quite in my way. I'll shove past old Rudolph and step on this star. I'm making good progress. It can't be that far. I slide and I shimmy. I jump and I flip and I've almost arrived. But then I slip. I feel myself tumble, a thump and a whack. I bounce off a branch and land with a smack. My button fell off and my limbs are all scattered. I'm betting that poor Molly's heart will be shattered. Or maybe it won't. Perhaps she forgot me. Maybe she'll celebrate Christmas without me. Or worse, she could just choose to throw me away. And who could blame her with me looking this way? Oh no, here she comes now. She's looking at me. How I wish I just stayed on the back of that tree. She picks up my pieces, she handles with care, and says, Oh, here you are. I've looked everywhere. I was worried I'd lost you. I started to fear that my favorite ornament had disappeared. But now that I'm broken, I'm worth so much less. Would she want to display me? I couldn't guess. But she took me and seemed to know just what to do. She grabbed fabric and doodads and cardboard and glue. And just like a whimsical master creator, she made me look brand new, perhaps even greater. So what happens now? What will happen to me? Will she just put me back on the back of the tree? Or perhaps on the front? I'd be happy with either. Turns out that the answer is actually neither. She went to her bedroom and, to my surprise, put me right on her shelf and looked right in my eyes. She smiled at her perfect creation and then she said, I'm never going to lose you again. Then I realized that what I desired from the start wasn't a place on a tree, but a place in her heart. That's a wonderful Christmas story. And not because it's just in the setting of Christmas, but because it's really a parable of the big Christmas story. And that's why we wrote the last page of this book. You can follow along, or, or, or better yet, just listen. Jesus came to find and save those who are lost. Did you know that God feels the same way about you about us. As Molly feels about her favorite ornament, it's true. 
Even though we're lost, broken, and trying to find our place in the world, God loves us and wants to make us brand new. And the way he does this is through Jesus. In John 3.16, Jesus tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. When you feel lost or alone, God is looking for you, not to punish you, but to put you back together, to have a relationship with you. And all you have to do is ask him for it. It's a simple prayer like this. God, I know you created me. I know that I'm separated from you. And no matter how hard I try, I'm still broken. I believe that you love me and sent your son Jesus to help put me back together so that I can have a relationship with you. Thank you for making me a new creation and giving me new life. Help me to stay close to you and learn more about how to love you and live for you. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. 2 Corinthians 5.17 declares, when you belong to Jesus, you are a new creation. Your past is forgotten and everything is new. Now, I know that that's a, a children's book, but we have a lot of kids with us on Christmas Eve. So Merry Christmas, kids. So good to be with you. But this, this story, my place on the tree, is actually a story about finding my place in the world. And that, well, that's an adult-sized conversation. One where Jesus would call it the truth in a world of lies. And so to have that conversation, we need to start where the story starts. We need to go up into the attic. So come on with me. Let's, let's head up into the attic. Now, the attic is, is where the ornament has been waiting for Molly for a year now. And I don't know about your attic, but it probably has a roof. This one does not. You can see it's still a, a really cool attic. But the ornament was waiting, waiting for uh, Molly to come. Let's, let's talk about the ornament for a moment, because the ornament, well, he didn't make himself. He has a creator, Molly. You and I, we didn't make ourselves. We have a creator. That's what Luke chapter 2 meant when it said that the first Christmas truth is that Jesus is Lord. It meant that he values us highly and that as Lord, he created us. Look at the way Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord, the Lord is the everlasting God, which means he has no beginning and he has no end. The creator, there it is, the creator of the ends of the earth, the creator of you, the creator of me. We didn't make ourselves. We have a creator. Just as Molly is the creator of the ornament, so God, our Lord Jesus, is our creator. It goes on to say he does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. That's the truth. Nobody created God, but he created us. So we've been asked, well, well what's, the, 
What's the name of the ornament? Well, actually, you are the ornament. The, the name of the ornament is your name. In, in, in my case, the name of the ornament is Kevin. When you take the front of the book, you said the book belongs to blank, and you write your name, that's, that's you. You're, you're the ornament. You're the one God created. So let's all just name our ornament together. Whether your kids are teenagers or adults, if your moms or dads or, or grandpas or grandmas, it doesn't matter if you're a 12-stone live or 12-stone home. Wherever you are, if you're spiritually resolved or spiritually unresolved, we're all going to say our name at the count of three, and that's sort of speak like naming your ornament. And you can say it as loud as you like. Everybody ready? One, two, three, Kevin. Well, there you go. The name of the ornament in a world of lies. A world that says, well, I, I have no creator. I'm, I'm at best a cosmic accident. I have no soul. I have no eternity. I don't live after death. And in the midst of that, Jesus says, ah, the first truth of Christmas is that you were created by me. You're highly valued. By the way, since we're up in the attic, we should take a moment. One side thought. And, and that is that religion often gets stuck right here. That is to say that, that we tend to relegate Jesus to the attic. We'll bring him down during Christmas and for the Christmas holiday, and then we take him right back up, and we're sort of saying that uh, Jesus may be real, but he's not relevant. And that, that's also a lie. And why do we believe that lie? Well, because of the fall. The fall of mankind, it's called. That's what happened on the tree. But then we have to go down to the living room for that. So let's, let's head down from the attic and, and let's have a little conversation about what it means to experience the fall. And honestly, for me to get under here, I mean, hello, everybody. You know I'm short, but this is even short for me at five foot seven. Well, okay, five eight, but probably with age, closer to five seven. You know, when I was a kid, I loved TV, I loved movies. I thought it'd be cool if you could get behind the scenes and see everything. And it's probably as cool and probably as disappointing as all of this until you lock it in right here. But see, I'm not acting, I'm teaching. And there's something for us to learn in the living room. This is the place where we do life with others. Remember, Chris found the ornament and brought him down and put him on the tree, but he put him on the back of the tree. And a lot of the times we feel like we're facing a wall. Maybe we're too far down on the tree. It's a little bit frustrating. And so we feel like we have to step on others and step over others and make our way up to the tree, the very top of the tree. Why do, why, do, why do we call that the fall? Well, sometimes it's the fall because, well, you get to the top and you figure out you're not the star. You're not the center of all this. God is. And if you made your job or money or other things your idol, well, you, you miss out on your creator and your created purpose, and you end up having to make your own purpose. But also, 
When you get to the top, you stepped on others and stepped over others. You find out that life's a lot more empty up there than you thought it would be. Of course, on most all occasions, we fall like the ornament. Okay, it's a, it's a children's story, but it, it still makes the point. When you fall, you blow up your life and things fall apart. And a lot of times that's what happens to our character. You fall into addiction. You fall into such disappointing places in life you never thought you would. You crash your marriage and your family. And the best things in life get destroyed. And that's why Jesus said, what is it, profit a person if they could gain the whole world? But you forfeit your soul. What would you give in exchange for your soul? These are adult-sized conversations in life. What do you find and settle your purpose? And then the evil one comes alongside us like a villain and whispers into our soul. God probably forgot you. He couldn't, wouldn't forgive you. You better, you better find your own purpose. You better force your own purpose. You better make your own way. And it's in the midst of that that Jesus comes. Merry Christmas comes in the middle of us being in broken places. That, that's, that's why we wrote and read the last page. It's worth coming back to it for a moment. Maybe you can hear it better this time. Jesus came to find and save those who are lost. Did you know that God feels the same way about us as Molly feels about her favorite ornament? It's true. Even though we're lost, broken, and trying to find our place in the world, God loves us and wants to make us brand new. And the way he does it is through Jesus. In John 3, 16, Jesus said to us, for God so loved this world, love you, that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. In other words, Jesus is not only Lord, but he's your savior. It's the second truth of Christmas. He saves us. He restores us. He loves us deeply. See, that's what Molly was communicating when she picked up her ornament and put him back together. This page goes on. I want to keep reading. I want to make sure you hear it at the heart level. When you feel lost or more, God is looking for you. Huh. Not to punish you, but to put you back together and to have a relationship with you. And all you have to do is ask him for it. It's a simple prayer like this. God, I, I know you created me. I, I know that I'm separated from you. And no matter how I try, I'm still broken. I believe that you love me. Hmm. And sent your son Jesus to help put me back together so that I can have a relationship with you. Thank you. Thank you for making me a new creation and giving me new life. Let me just pause there. What is he telling us? That Jesus is your savior and on Christmas, God left heaven and came to earth and and then dwelt a human body, and he was holy and perfect, and he never sinned. And because he never sinned, he never would have had to die. But because we're fallen, because sin leads to death, 
because our relationship with God is broken here and forevermore. Jesus voluntarily died on the cross to pay our sin debt so that through Jesus, when he rose from the dead, we could, if you will, be forgiven and rise from the dead, be restored to God here and now, be restored to God forever. And he would restore all things. You become a new creation. So that's why that prayer finishes. Help me to stay close to you and learn more about how to love you and live for you. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. By the way, how do you respond to God? You just return his love, you surrender to him, and now he's Savior and Lord. So, when you belong to Jesus, you are a new creation. Your past is forgotten, and everything is new. That's a Merry Christmas. And how does God make everything new? Well, it didn't happen here in the living room. It happened in Molly's room. So I'm going to have to throw it to myself, which is sort of weird, but that's where we learn how everything gets made new. So Molly's room is where the ornament got put back together. It's what the Bible means when it says that Jesus is both Lord and Savior. Look at Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is what, everybody? Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be what, everybody? Saved. It's, it's what he does. It's why we celebrate Christmas from 12 Stone Live to 12 Stone Home, and we have this conversation about Jesus as Lord and Savior. It means that when you acknowledge him as Lord, you confess it with your mouth. You bow to him as Savior and find forgiveness of sin, and then you follow him as Lord of your life. I want you to meet a couple who experienced this profoundly in 2020. It's the Suro family, and I want you to meet Felix and his wife, Jennifer, and their family, and they're doing 12 stone home in Massachusetts. So it's happening all around the county and all around the territory. Yeah, you can celebrate that. They're celebrating as they're listening right now in different places around the globe. And, and God did a cool thing, but I, I, first I want you to just, I want you to meet the family. You'll see them, they, they, they're worshiping there at 12 Stone Home, and, and Felix took a little video of it, and then, and then others that he has almost, if you will, zo zooming in to the experience because it's COVID, and you'll see them all in the t-shirts and with their mugs, and it's just, just a beautiful family. Check it out. This is the Soto family from Lawrence, Massachusetts. What a beautiful family they are, Felix and Jennifer and their daughter, Veronica, and, and uh, uh, Sammy, the little one. And this family, when you see them, 
Say, oh, this is, this is a family that, that are in love with Jesus, following Jesus, and under his lordship, and under him as savior. I was talking to, uh, to Felix over the weekend, just about the family and, and what God has done and, and, and the beautiful work of God. And while he talked about what was happening in all the technology that you saw that was kind of interesting and creative with all the Zoom stuff going on, what you see there is not how COVID started for them. That wasn't the picture. In fact, there was a brokenness to the family. And he shared with me their journey of 2020. And we asked, well, would you just shoot just a quick little iPhone video? Would you bring us in on the journey that Jesus brought you guys in? And so he's going to share that with us. But it happens over in Molly's room. That's, that's really where the whole coming back together thing happens. It's, it's over here that you experience the, the profoundness of how God changes you. So it was, it was over here that, well, it was over here that the ornament got put back together. It's, it's, it's the personal room. It's the personal place. This is the place where you settle your values. This is the private place where you decide what's truth and what's a lie. Now, this, this is the place where you decide, hmm, am I ever going to be honest to God? Am I going to be honest to God about my questions, about my fears? Am I going to be honest to God about my pride and my sin. But it happens in this room. This room, where you deal with the truth of Romans 3, 23, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. And then this is really truth be told. This is where Felix and this is where Jennifer found themselves in the midst of COVID. So when we said, hey, would you shoot a little video for us and show us what that really looked like at about the spring to the summer of 2020, they agreed. Listen in. Before Christ, I had no direction. I was lost. Um, I was just taken over by the stress of this world. I wanted to build a better future for my wife and kids. And so I was just thinking about that and money. And that just took a hold of me and that's all I wanted. So eventually it came to a point where I, I abandoned my wife and kids and I moved out and I rented an apartment. And that just hurt my wife. It, did, it destroyed my wife and kids. It also destroyed my parents and brothers and sisters. Yeah, it became um, the reality, right, that that's it. We're getting a divorce. Mm -hmm. He had uh, met someone else, and it was basically the end in our eyes at the time that we were getting a divorce, and it was done. Yeah, see, we're not always honest about the cost of the fall and the struggles and the things that can fall apart for us in life. That's pretty courageous for them to tell their story. So what happened? Well, Felix walked away. Again, he was telling me the story this weekend. 
Felix walked away, and Jennifer, who had, so to speak, put God in the attic a little bit, kind of de-churched, disconnected, out of fellowship with the Lord. When her sister from 12 Stone Center, a link to 12 Stone Home, she checked it out, jumped in, began to pursue God uh, more alive, restore that relationship with the Lord, began to pray, hooked up with some spiritual leaders here at 12 Stone. They just started praying that God could do and would do something mighty over their marriage and over Felix. Now, hang on, keep watching, because even though it looked hopeless when they say that in this little story, here's the reality. God was answering prayer. It's just what God does when we seek him. God was moving on Felix's life and heart. He drew him back to his family. He put him back in that gathering of 12 stone worship. He became aware of who God is. He came back to his senses. He prayed to receive Christ. He was restored to the living God, transforming his soul and that family. Now church, that right there is a celebration. That's a Merry Christmas, something only God can do. And that is why we wrote the little story. Oh, okay, it's a children's story. It's Molly. It's an ornament. I get it. It falls apart. She puts it back together. Okay, it's cute. But these are adult-sized conversations. And we wrote the story so that we would all figure out you don't have to find your place on the tree. You don't find your place in life on your own. This is the work of God through Jesus. And when you put him first, you find your place. By the way, we're going to have a moment. And that moment is going to be for you. And maybe God's been working on you. Maybe you're in the place Jennifer found herself. Maybe, maybe God's been more in the attic. And um, you have just drifted in fellowship with God and Christmas 2020 is for you to come back to the Lord. Good for you. you know, maybe you've never said yes. Maybe you're in the place Felix found himself. And you just take great humility to surrender before God and say yes and be restored to him. So we'll give you that moment. But, but I, I want you to hear this. Rest of, I, I think the rest of you all, church, you're going to celebrate this. See, it wasn't just a transformed soul in Felix. Felix so profoundly had a turn, a transformation, that his brother, Santo, watched this. Watched his brother come back. Watched God do a work and a miracle in that marriage. He was so marked that he came to faith in Christ. Hang on. And before you get excited, then he told a friend, and that friend came to Christ. And she told another friend who came to Christ learning the whole story and learning about God at 12 Stone Home. And then another friend and another friend. In other words, I know you're going to celebrate, but let me finish the whole thing. So God transformed a soul, then God transformed a marriage, and then God transformed this family, Veronica, Annabelle, and Sammy, and then God transformed a community of five other people coming to faith. Now that is what Jesus does in the coming of Christmas. That is the profound love of God. We ought to be in awe, just in awe of the love of God. Thank you, Jesus. No one loves you like you love. So yeah, I have it. You know, it's your turn. What are you going to do with the invitation of Christ? Maybe God's been drawing you to himself. Maybe this is your moment. Right at 12 Stone Home. Maybe you're sitting alone engaging this. Maybe you're at one of the, the 12 Stone campuses live. But it's as profound as what Felix did when he offered a prayer like the one we have in the book. And so we're going to put it on the screen. And we're all going to say that prayer together. In support of those of you who right now 
about ready to say yes to Jesus. And maybe you're more like Jennifer's place. Maybe you just God's been in the attic and you need to reset and get back right with God. Back in fellowship. Maybe you're as broken and far away as Felix. And this isn't the work you do. You just return your love to Jesus, the love he has for you. So we're going to read this prayer. Maybe you'll read it under your breath. And for many of you, this is your time to get right with God, to be restored to him, to be made a new creation. But all the rest of us are going to support you in it. So we're going to read the prayer aloud together wherever you are. All right. So join me in reading the prayer. Here we go, church. God, I know you created me. I know that I'm separated from you. And no matter how hard I try, I'm still broken. I believe that you love me and sent your son Jesus to help put me back together so that I can have a relationship with you. Thank you for making me a new creation and giving me new life. Help me to stay close to you, learn more about how to love you and live for you. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. And what do you do when you get restored to God? Here, listen, listen, you do exactly what Felix did. You, you join in the life of the church, and you let us coach you up spiritually. So everybody get their phone out right here. All the campuses live, 12 Stone Home. Just put your phone in front of you. Some of you already had it, right? You're scrolling through, through stuff. You already had it. And just text to 37748, Jesus, Jesus. If you just said yes to Jesus, you text that to 37748, and we're going to come alongside you like we have with Felix and Jennifer and the whole family and the celebration of Merry Christmas 2020. So... I'm going to turn the service over to the campus pastors, and they're going to guide you to a meaningful moment with the Lord. And a moment for all of us at 12 Stone Home. And 12 Stone Home, what does all of heaven do when even one comes into the kingdom? Come on now. Well, even one. Thank you again for spending time with us today. A special thanks to those of you who generously give through 12 Stone. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about 12 Stone, make sure you follow us on social at 12 Stone Church and check out a location or a watch party near you. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you could subscribe, share it with your friends, hit the share button, or even take a screenshot and throw it in your social stories. And make sure to tag 12 Stone Church. Let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.